Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Michael Leersch is Head of Advice and Planning for Wealth and Investment Management at Wells Fargo. He also hosts the Wells Fargo About Money podcast. Coming up, Michael shares why accumulating wealth is only one part of living richer. Spoiler alert, having fun is important too. Michael shares why, instead of doing without the enjoyment of life, simply having a small, targeted goal is a game changer. Efficiency and your purchasing decisions, like banking your savings and rewards, can make you a successful saver. And putting yourself in the role of a winner is a major motivator, plus the easy first steps to get started on this path. Hi, Michael. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. So how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this discussion for a while. Being a behavioral expert, I was curious, what do you think are some of the most common financial goals slash resolutions people make? A lot of people think of their financial resolutions like they would think of dieting, Jamie. And I would encourage them not to think of it in that way. So that's the most common analogy people use. So you hear terms like financial health and I want to become healthier. It's like working out. People use that analogy a lot. Uh, When we really dig into what the goals actually are for people, which is what you're asking, what they really want to do is make the most of their money, given what their own preferences are in, in terms of their lives. So their priorities. And when we look into those priorities, what they first prioritize is themselves. Am I going to run out of money? That's the key goal people are really striving toward is not to run out of money. And the second thing is they want to help people in their family that we see. So we have these goals, we have these dreams of what we want to do with our money and even fears, right? That lead us to setting those goals. Why do so many of us fail? You know, we're going to be going into the new year. People are going to start making financial resolutions. Why don't we keep them? What keeps us from doing that? So we don't keep them because we think think of it as these goals like becoming more fit physically. And a lot of people abandon that too, Jamie. So what I would encourage people to do is just get really specific on the actual goal. So if you're trying to put more money in your savings account, just say, hey, I'm going to try to do, let's say a dollar a week, like something really tiny. Don't go for these big, huge goals where I want to change my entire financial life. That's where we start (laughs) feeling and then celebrate it. Like look back and and look at, uh, hey, I did it. It's an extra dollar. I feel good about that. And then treat yourself with part of that money. And then for the other part of that money, sock it away and, and enjoy looking at it. What do you think are some of the most popular financial ones? I know you said like they do it for family. They don't want to run out of money. They want to be able to retire. But what are some of the top ones that you see that people do? Honestly, Jamie, people just love seeing money pile up. So the, the biggest one we see <laughs> is just building their, their money up. So people do love that. People love to also manage their credit and their debt. People like to see that go down, you know, the amount of debt they have. But when you get to real tangible goals, people love to make big purchases, Jamie. 
They, they love to uh, buy tangible things like a house. These are the top goals we see, and they love to go on vacations, Jamie. Uh, vacation goal vacations, is really? one of our top goals, yes, that we see at Wells Fargo. Absolutely. Vacation. They want to what, save enough money to go on vacation? Yeah, and it's not a dream vacation, Jamie. It's literally just perpetually going on vacation. People love think of it as planning for those vacations. It provides a lot of joy. They like doing it with other people. And then when they actually go, they start planning their vacation actually when they're on vacation for their next vacation. So people love planning for vacations for sure. So that could be a little counterproductive. I want to go on vacation more. I want to travel more in the new year and I want to um, save more money. So what if that was your goal? Okay. I want to have, I want to get out of debt. I want to save money and I want to travel more. And I bet those are on people's lists. Seriously, when you're making your resolutions for the next year, those, I could see those easily being on people's lists. How do you make that happen? Well, so what, what you have to do is you have to write them down or put them in some sort of application or system. There's a lot of things out there that help you uh, think about those goals. And then you just need to prioritize, Jamie. You, you need to say, well, what kind of vacation am I talking about? And do I need to stay in the nicest hotel? Or can I kind of trade a little bit there? Or do I need to you know, fly in the fanciest plane or in first class? Or can I fly economy or coach? So you need to start making those trade-offs. And then you can carve out, to your point, a little of those, those pieces of money that you're not spending on those vacations and stick them in that bank account or pay off that debt. That's how you do it is you make those trade-offs. You don't withhold the idea of going on a vacation and having fun there in your new year's resolution. What you do is you try to say, how can I do that in a more effective or efficient way so that I can actually make progress in those other goals that help me be more financially successful and sustainable over time. Does that make sense, Jamie, at all? Yeah. So one thing I'm getting from when you're talking is don't be so crazy that when I say I want to save money, that I don't do anything that I enjoy. That's right. That's key. That's critical. You got to have fun in life. You have to, Jamie. Because the moment you start restricting to yourself, what, what happens? It is like working out where and, and you're restricting a diet. What ends up happening is you've restricted yourself so much that at some point it's like a light switch. You're like, I'm done. I finished with this and then you undo all that progress you made, what you want to do is just make it incremental, just little tiny moments where you make these right decisions and you keep it going. It actually, when you look back, it, it, you see all the progress you've made and you realize it's attainable and sustainable. I mean, we all like to have little wins. What are some little wins we can put in there or something we can do to keep ourselves going? Because I mean... I'm going to be honest. If I said, okay, I'm going to save $10 a week, right? Or something small. Well, I'd probably end up spending the $10 if it was like 20, 30, 40. I don't, I don't know if that would be, get me excited enough. Right. But I mean, what does get a person excited or how do you do it? And then feel like, Hey, I'm saving a lot of money here. I'm doing well, but I'm not sacrificing a lot. So what what I, what I would do is I know that sounds I, is it difficult what I just asked I just want to make sure it's, but the interesting part is there's a lot of research behind this and so uh, what I would say is let's use your ten dollar example ten dollars okay. a week so that's forty dollars a month okay so forty dollars a month when you think about that what you should also do is combine it with something fun that you want to do for yourself and so perhaps 
there's something for 20 bucks and a lot of people have this where you, you're just going to go treat yourself to something that you would normally treat yourself for so for me i i love jamie i love going to this burrito place near my office so i'm going to treat myself go to that burrito place and then i'm going to recognize that i i save that 20 dollars for the month and what i'm going to do with that 20 bucks especially over time is i'm going to put it toward a specific account that's for re my retirement or for education or for a big another big purchase that I want to make. Maybe it's a TV, maybe it's a car. So start doing that. And then what those little wins do is make you want to do it more, Jamie. So what then what you want to do is, well, instead of 40 bucks this month, I want to do 80 bucks next month. And instead of 80 bucks, I want to do 160 bucks. And what happens is it starts growing, if that makes sense, Jamie. And, and that's how you inspire yourself. You got to start small. When you start really big, Jamie, to your point, it, it can feel good temporarily, but but it's hard to stick with it. When you start tiny, to your to your other point, you're like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Perfect. <laughs> That's actually how you want to feel. And then you just add to it. You just add to it. Yeah, so you think that's why so many of us don't stick to our New Year's resolutions? I mean, we all have them. Like you said, go to the gym, save more money, travel more. Those are probably some of the top ones, I'm guessing. Uh, but we don't. What percentage do you know, Michael? What a percentage of people actually keep their New Year's resolutions? Oh, I actually, I did have that data point. Well, it's it's most people don't keep their New Year's resolutions, Jamie. What do you think? It's but, over 50? I mean, oh, it's probably yeah, over 50%, absolutely, right? Absolutely over 50%. Um, I did have that data point it, actually in my brain last week, uh, but it is, it is absolutely over 50%. And the reason why is because people are looking to make, think of it as a fundamental change in the new year rather than a small minor change. And what human beings don't realize is it's the small minor changes you make but you stick with them and you add to them over time that actually lead to big change very few humans can make gigantic changes like a light switch in one moment it just doesn't life doesn't work that way jamie so i really encourage people just make a tiny change enjoy it have fun with it and then add to it throughout the year make that your goal rather than making the gigantic change you know on jan one so do you have any examples of people that have been successful at doing this? Absolutely, for sure. So a, a lot of people really want to feel like they have a financial safety net and a bank account, Jamie. It's, it, this is okay. a fundamental thing that people want to have. You want it, I'm sure. I want yeah, it. Yeah, everybody wants it. It's actually a stress that you think about is like if something happened, or you lose your job or some major thing happened and you right. now you have no money, how are you going to live? I think that's something people think about all the time. A hundred percent or or i even remember when i was in college i just wanted to go hang out with my friends for the weekend and i didn't have any money in my bank account right? oh, that's true i mean you know what did they say is it i think 50 or 60 percent of people have paycheck to paycheck exactly I mean, it's a real deal. It, it is the real deal so uh what i would suggest people do and this is where where you talked about you know 20 bucks 40 bucks a dollar you know all that stuff actually gives us more confidence it, knowing that it's building up so a lot of people become very successful when they make a tiny targeted goal to do something let's call it daily or weekly and put it in the bank account and look back on that every month so let's say you want some money in the bank okay. what i would encourage people to do is just get really efficient with what you're doing today so it 
you know, you've heard this thing like, don't go buy that cup of coffee. That's fake news. You should go get your cup of coffee. But instead of buying that coffee, you know, just full price, see, is there a rewards program? You know, if you buy 10 coffees, could you get one free? You know, all that kind of stuff. And there are rewards points in most places that you go to to eat. So think about those rewards. And the one free thing you got is just like getting that raise, Jamie, at work. What you want to do is sock that money away in that bank account. And a lot of people become very successful doing this with coupons. So with, with going to the grocery store, anytime you get a discount on something, take that money and put it in the bank account. So it, it, what you end up doing over time is just, and, and grocery stores make this very easy. They often say you saved $2 right at the end of the bill. Put that money in the bank account. And what people become very successful at is they feel like they were efficient in what they wanted to do. And then they're taking that money instead of you know falling into the ether, you're putting it into the bank and then the money ends up adding up over time, Jamie. It's like that traditional, you know, piggy bank. I'm putting some change in there and then at the you know, some somehow like in three months, it's so heavy you have to dump it out and find a way to actually get the dollars from it. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. So you reward yourself for going out there and finding ways to save money, basically, you, you right? You got it. Yeah, I'm actually winning. So I feel like I'm winning. That in itself would psychologically make me feel like I'm winning the game, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going without the coffee. I'm not going without doing specific things I always used to do. I haven't changed my behavior. All I'm doing is finding ways to do it cheaper, right? So when you, when you think about this idea of living your same life while at the same time having money pile up in your bank account, it does have that winning feeling and you're constantly then rewarding yourself. And then when you look at then that financial security you have in the bank and to your point, Jamie, you can you know pay for that emergency, but oftentimes people feel great because then they can actually do something else that they weren't planning on doing to treat themselves in life. That also feels good. And, and that's why I want to keep going back to this thing. When people think of saving, when people think of investing, when people think of their future self, they often think of a personal sacrifice in the moment. It doesn't need to feel that way is what I'm trying to say, Jamie. We got to move away from that concept. It's like, how do I live my same life while at the same time, to your point, having money pile up in that bank account? I've never heard anyone say that before. I always thought I had to somehow I'm going to have to change the way I live and I'm going to have to start going without. Similarly, like you said, if you're on a diet, sorry, you're not going to have the cake anymore. Sorry, you can't go out to eat and have the cheeseburger and the pizza and all that. You're going to be not eating in order to lose the weight. Now you're telling me it doesn't have to be that way. There's other strategies that we can put in our lives to save money and to reach those goals. You're exactly right. And and we've all done that where we go to the grocery store, we go to a restaurant and there's something on sale. We just got to point ourselves toward that thing and then take that money and put it in the bank. That's what we got to do. And then we win always because we just did what we wanted to. We just did it more effectively. And then we get to then feel more secure in our financial lives. I think the, the part where we sacrifice, Jamie, that restrictive behavior that is the big mistake. It really is the big mistake. We, we all want to be happy. We want to live our lives. I think COVID taught us that, Jamie. Like We all want to be out there. So let's figure out a way to be out there together, enjoying ourselves, and still working hard while at the same time feeling financially secure.
Now you said, write it down. Give me a step-by-step play of how I'm going to make these goals and these resolutions happen. If I was, it's January 1 or whatever, December 31st, I'm going to write these goals down or just any time during the year. How do I do it? How do I start? So here's how you start. Uh, What you want to do is you want to really categorize things. What are the essential goals I have? Like the things that live my life, roof over my head, eating and traveling to and from something like work. Then you have all these goals that are more discretionary. I want to stream, you know, and, and watch things. I want to go out with friends and family. I want to give people gifts, whatever those things are. So you just got to separate those two items. And you start with the essential things first, Jamie. You know, the roof over my head, eating and traveling. How much is that going to cost me? And then you have to look at how much money you have coming in, Jamie, to cover those things. So that's where you always have to start. And then you start making these more fun, exciting goals uh, with the money you have left over. If you don't have money left over in those first categories, then that's where you have to become hyper intentional. You know, am I paying too much for my rent? You know, is there a way I can, let's say, live, live my best life while at the same time making the place I'm living in maybe a little smaller so I have more money left over? So that's where, and I wouldn't call that a sacrifice. I would just call that making a different choice in life so that you can do those more discretionary things and enjoy them. So that's really the first part of New Year's resolution that I would give everyone. Just write that down. And it doesn't take that long, Jamie. It really doesn't. I mean, could you do that in, in about half an hour, an hour? Yes. I, I think that's the thing is just taking the time. Because if I'm not even willing to take the time to do that, I'm probably not going to do anything on the goals. I'll, I'm just being serious, right? I could it's say true. it all day long. I could think about it. But if I'm not even willing to go and really write out a plan of how I'm going to do it or how much money I have, or like you're saying, it's just something I'm throwing out there in the air. <laughs> it's just in the air. And isn't that the real, the real problem is that I think we're all a little afraid of what we'd see if we did it. I think that's the foundational issue. I think you're right, because then you'll see how frivolous you are with your money, maybe. Like, I know if I went and looked at it and I saw how much I just spend to spend or I go eat somewhere, grab something because I didn't plan how much money I waste. I, I'm just going to be serious, like a lot of because I'm not tracking or paying attention to it. I'm not exactly. being intentional with my money. So then the New Year's resolution becomes, Jamie, less about sacrifice and, you know, all the things I'm not going to do so I could have money pile up. And it's about how can I become more intentional, what I am going to do to have that money pile up. And that's where it becomes more sustainable and exciting. Okay, you've motivated me. I got to be serious. I talk to people all the time because I talk to people constantly, right? And they say all these things. And like you said, you're going to have to go without. And maybe I feel like that sometimes is daunting. Right. Like, hey, I work really hard. I don't want to sacrifice. But when I looked at look at it, like you're trying to you're telling me right now and almost make a a game of it, like my personality, how it needs to look at it. Like, okay, let's get a game plan here. I I see where I'm spending things like this. I can easily do this and that and save more money here and then take what I save and put it somewhere that I can do. Right. It's when you're telling me, okay. We got to go and um, eat food I really don't like and we're not going out ever again and we're not going on vacation. That's something that's not going to happen. I mean, I see the interviews. A lot of people, they say, how'd you do it? Well, my family didn't go on a vacation for 10 years. We didn't eat out. My, we only ate. These are the foods we ate. 
I, I, that's not something that I want to do because I feel like, what am I working for? And I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Because you work really hard and you want to be able to feel like you're getting something out of it more than just a roof over your head. Jamie, we have uh, 18 goals in our goal framework at Wells Fargo, and people can put them in a mobile app called LifeSync. And to your point, some of the top goals are big purchase, go on vacation, you know, travel and leisure. And so to, to your comment, if those are just by definition, the things we enjoy doing, not doing them is just not only going to become unsustainable or not fun, what it does is it actually creates obviously something that human beings want to experience. It, it, it takes that away from us. And what we know is that interacting with other people is actually a really good way that we get to our goals because we get to share information, we get to spend time together. So what I would say to your other point is get together with a spouse or partner, your friends, and be intentional together. Don't go it alone, Jamie. I think that's another mistake people make with New Year's resolutions. It's like you feel like you're on your, your own, you're isolated. You, you talked about that, like all the things that I'm going to do to make sure I'm going to be okay and I can't hang out with other people because that means spending money. It should be the opposite of that. Like, let's get together, <laughs> let's hang out, let's, let's do this as a cohort of people. And then it also becomes a lot more fun. Yeah. And, you know, we have the social media pressure too. You got to have stuff to put up on your Instagram, especially younger people and things like that. That's a huge pressure to be showing that you're out and about and you're doing things and being flashy. So I think there's a lot of peer pressure now. There is, but people are becoming more braggadocious. So you can see this on TikTok about actually being super intentional with yeah, money. Yeah, I got to join those people. That's got to make it cool to be intentional with your money. I was just at a thing and... um I think it's your rich BFF. She was up there and how she's changed it. So I think that's something you, you just have to do what's best for you too. And, you do. and then have pride in that, that you're doing something great for yourself. I think that's what people need to do. And, and when you think about this idea of pride, it is another, uh, you know, when you think of that fear and writing things down, like you talked about to get to those specific goals you want to accomplish with your essential expenses and your more discretionary ones, the things you want to kind of have fun with in life. There is a sense of people don't want to look at that because it also, they're socially comparing themselves to other people, Jamie, and they're shamed. And we hear that a lot. There's embarrassment and shame in, in that idea. And so what I would encourage everyone to do is to really lean into the idea that there's a lot of people who are embarrassed and ashamed about how they're spending money and how un unintentional they are, Jamie. And I really think you're awesome by saying you're not as intentional as you could be. I know I'm not, and I'm the head of advice and planning at Wells Fargo. <laughs> so we can just all get more intentional, right? And, and celebrate the fact that we're only human. So if we, if we did it together, we talked about it a bit more and gave each other ideas and strategies we'd all be better off and we'd also be able to be more honest and authentic about who we are, what we can afford and what life means to us. I think you're hundred percent right. And I think that leads into a question I love to ask people is what does living richer mean to you, Michael? So that's a complicated question. I know, but it is. It is. And that was my, my pause. So I could think about it, Jamie. Um, <laughs> If I were to, if I were to really give you the answer that was real, being who I really am from the inside out rather than the outside in, 
And I can't say that was always true uh, in my life, financially, emotionally, whatever you want to say. So living richer to me is presenting myself, my full self for who I am. And I know we hear a lot about that, but I'm, I'm moving more and more toward that. And I do think there is a sense where feeling more financially vulnerable and authentic has helped me get there. So I talk a lot about how I grew up very poor. My, at, at one point in time, my family literally had no money to buy us food. We had people give us food, Jamie, to eat. And I never used to talk about that because I was embarrassed and ashamed. And so I talk about it a lot now because what it does is it help, helps me understand my own behaviors now with spending and why I always have that hunger inside of me for more because I just had so little and I was actually literally hungry as a kid. And, and then it helps us all become a bit more authentic. Thank you for sharing that, Michael. I think that will inspire a lot of us. And I know it inspired me and touched me to want to even be more open and honest about my financial struggles and past. And I appreciate it so much. One question I'd really like to know is growing up without money like you did, do you think it's made you more insecure about money so that you're out there spending more, feel like you're always trying to prove something, or are you like some other people where they become very tight with money and they hoard it and they don't want to spend it because they're afraid they'll be without it? Actually, this is the question that I wanted to answer. They, this is why I got my PhD in behavioral science and why I do the job I do today, because <laughs> oh, yeah. I've done both and everything in between, um, meaning when I first kind of got out of the circumstance I was in, got my, my job, I went into a lot of debt because I just wanted a lot of things around me. So I wanted to buy fancy things, dress in them, hoard them, portray that image. Then I moved the opposite direction. And I was like, I only shopped at like Goodwill and, you know, you know, I wanted money to pile up. And then my wife and I, when we got together, we got in fights constantly about money. And we'd known each other since we were 18. I'm 47 now. And she's helped me to teach me it's not an either or. It's about the balance. And this is why in our earlier conversation, I'm so passionate about it. We've got to enjoy life and we also have to be sustainable. And so she said, Michael, like if we're going to stay married and, and get along and, and live a life together, it's just all about the dialogue, the discussion. Why do we feel this way? Why are you so angry when we spend on this? Or why are you okay with spending on that? She's like, we just need to talk it out. And what's interesting, Jamie, is that's what just got me to a very balanced place where I spend a lot of things on some things and I really restrict myself in other areas. And I actually feel really at peace with it and good about it because I understand where it's coming from. And I know that's a really complicated answer to your question, but it's just the authentic, real answer. Because I think it is complicated and it'd be complicated for each individual. And you have to really look inside yourself and ask yourself those questions like, why do I think I need this? Or why do I think I can't buy this? Right? Like get really crazy. Or are you doing it out of fear? Are you doing it out of pride, insecurity? Why am I purchasing this or not purchasing this? I think there's a lot of what would you say, behavioral, mental motivation when it comes to all the things that we do, especially with our money? It is. And it's your money. At the same time, Jamie, if you're buying it for an uh, emotional reason, just own it. And it's okay. Right? If you're doing something because of something that happened to you in your life, that's normal. 
And that's okay. But acknowledge it, live that truth, and then decide, did you want to make a change? Did that feel good or not? And that's, that's the important part here. And that's what being intentional is all about. Michael, if there was one thing you could tell our listeners, what would it be? When it comes to all the time I've spent studying the human mind, being a researcher, and ultimately being in this role where I get to help provide advice to tens of millions of people, my, my one core connection that I'd like to make with your audience is do not divorce your financial, your investing, your savings, your borrowing behaviors from your emotion. And that's advice people say oftentimes, be non-emotional, try to you know, exit emotion and only look at you know, whatever the facts are. I would say, please don't do that. Please lean into the emotion. Please label it. Talk about it because that's the only way you get to the other side of whether you're using money in a way that serves you and your goals and your preferences versus not serving you. Thank you so much, Michael. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. And I just want to remind all of my listeners to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at liveRicherPod at GoBankingRates.com.